Rolling right along here on this uh, Saturday morning, and it's our pleasure right now as we hit the uh, guest line and uh, welcome in Wade Phillips, uh, current defensive coordinator with the Los Angeles Rams. has a new book out, uh, Son of Bum, Lessons My Dad Taught Me About Football and Life. Hey, Wade, Mark Malusis and Maggie Gray, thanks for a couple minutes this morning. You bet, yeah. Wade, uh, first and foremost, what what made you want to sit down and and pen this book? Uh, you know, what was the what was the motivating factor, the driving force? Uh, well, you know, we won the Super Bowl uh, with Denver, and they wanted me to do a book, and um, I really wanted to do a book about my dad, and uh, you know, he's the one that really got me to where I was, where I am, and in football and in life. So, and he influenced a lot of people, especially me, and. Uh, and I think there's a lot of good stories about him and him, he and I. So, uh, so we put it together. Wait, I really love how each chapter starts with a saying that your dad had or a quote that he had. You know, there are four things in life I know something about pickup trucks, gumbo, cold beer, barbecued ribs, you know, things <laughs> like that. Where you really get to feel like you're like, you know, him, like you're talking to him. <laughs> You say in the book that, you know, they kind of just don't make them like your dad anymore. In a lot of ways, that's by design because the NFL, and you say this right on page six of the book, you, you really can't say what's on your mind. You almost can't be yourself because coaches are like mini CEOs at this point. Do you feel like it's hurt the sport at all that a guy like your dad probably couldn't coach right now because maybe he's a little too honest? Well, a little bit. I just think it's, you know, it's so corporate, you know, the, you know, everything has to be, uh, you know, I mean, you can't be Tom Landry on the sideline with a with a suit and and a, or Bear Bryant uh, with his little hat. I mean, you know, the, and of course, my dad wore a cowboy hat on the sideline. You know, he can't you can't wear one now unless he has swoosh on it. So right, it's uh, it's um, and like you say, they are like CEOs, which is you know, you have to say the right thing, do the right things, and. Sometimes you're not completely honest. With, you know, it's a lot of coach speak these days, which I don't know if it's good or bad, but that's the way it is. In some ways, does that trickle down into the locker room, or do you feel like the locker room is still a place where you can be honest with your players and, and your fellow coaches? Well, I think you better be honest with your players. You know, I think that's uh, uh, that's really a key in coaching overall is, is uh, you know, getting them to know that you're – you're honest with them, uh, and that—that's. I think that's an important thing for players to be able to know because they can trust you. Then that you're going to tell them the truth, whether it's good or bad. Yo, Wade, how, how uh, that the last run with the Broncos, uh, where you're brought in and you're a wonderful defensive coordinator, defensive mind, and you've had an unbelievable career. How special was it that last run and and your defense really leading the way? Well, it, it was uh, especially special because, you know, the, uh, the way we played overall, it's still a team game, and uh, we had a lot of intangibles, especially with, uh, you know, with Peyton Manning being the leader. But, uh, yeah, the defense played tremendously well. And to win it all, it, you know, that's the top of your profession. That's all you can do is win it all, and there's no higher than that. So um, it was a tremendous co- accomplishment. I was glad to be a part of it. Wade Phillips is our guest. His book is called Son of Bum. Of course, his father, legendary coach, Bum Phillips. Okay, so, Coach, if I can, 
in some ways, I think I can distill a little bit of your philosophy into kind of a, a, a not simplistic, but, but maybe you're a player's coach. And it seems like by reading your book that that's something you got from your father, that you want the personalities and the skills of the players really to show themselves. And I'm just curious, at some point, though, you probably had to discipline some guy who was a total pain in the ass, right? I mean, could, did you ever have to take that approach or did you always just let the guys be who they are? Well, uh, there's discipline involved no, no matter what. I mean, it's discipline to, to uh, learn learn the defense, know what you're doing, uh, do it the right way, uh, you know, uh, 100% effort to the ball. You know, you have to be disciplined in a lot of areas. Uh, you'd rather you rather a player be self-disciplined. That's the best kind of discipline. But uh, but coaches have to do it at times. And and part of that being honest with people is telling them, hey, you know, you're not doing this. You're not doing this well enough. And um, and, and you know, and tell them, hey, if you don't do it, you're you're not going to make the team, or you're not going to be able to play. You write in the book, using threats and kicking guys in the butt. I just don't think you get the most out of your team that way. How many other coaches do you think share that sentiment? Are you the exception to the rule, or do you feel like most coaches are like that? Uh, you know, I don't know. I think it's probably 50-50. Uh, uh, you know, there's not a there's not a intimidate. You can't hardly intimidate a player, especially a, a pro player these days. It's a grown man. Uh, sometimes has a guaranteed contract, uh, and those those kind of things. So I think you have to you have to coach them in a way that that you can motivate them, but you have to be honest with them, and make sure that they get things done. Uh, and if they don't, well, then you have to have some kind of comeback. Wade, uh, of all the defensive players that you coached over the years, what's the best defensive player you ever coached? <laughs> yeah, I've been asked that a lot of times. I, I, I think I had at least 30 guys in the Hall of Fame that I've coached, so it's hard to pick out one. I, I did say um, because he was the really the dominant player of his time that Reggie White was certainly one of the best, if not the best, that I, that I coached. But you know, I hate to slight you know Bruce Smith and and uh, Bon Miller and, and Marcus Ware and Ricky Jackson and. Uh, on and on, you know, J.J. Watt, who I coached uh, a few years ago, and hopefully Aaron Donald, who's out here right now. Wait, I'm curious, you know, you've been a, a you know, wonderful coach. You're, you're head coaching opportunities, right? And I know every situation's a, a little bit different over the years. Looking back on it, though, in a little retrospect, you know, what's the biggest difference? What would you have done differently as a head coach as compared to what you've done as a defensive coordinator, if anything at all? Uh, win more games in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> if it was only that easy, Coach. Uh, my, my record overall isn't, isn't that bad in no. the season. So, um, yeah, I mean, we just we lost some close uh, playoff games that you know could have made a difference. And I think that's, that's when you tell if the guys are really good coaches how well he does in the playoffs. And I wouldn't. Um, you know, wasn't that great in the playoffs? But um, you know, looking at over overall, look back and say, "Hey, just do the best you can do and go from there." And that's that's what I've done. You write in the book about you know coaching for the Cowboys and just how that is, real, quite frankly, just different than coaching anywhere else. Partly because the expectations, the the microscope that America's team, quote unquote, is under. Um, 
you know, when Jerry Jones, you know, when he was going to make a change from you to Jason Garrett, you asked him for one more game. You know, you wanted one more game to coach your guys. When he didn't grant that to you, how did that make you feel, and how long did that stay with you? Uh, not long. I mean, you know, it's, uh, uh, you know, it was his decision. He's the owner. Uh, he, uh, you know, I worked for him every day, every day uh, as hard as I could, and uh, he paid me for every day I worked. So uh, I don't have any, you know, I, I learned that in football way back that, you know, there's two kinds of coaches, ones that have been fired and ones that are going to be fired. So, <laughs> uh, so, uh, and it's happened to me uh, since. Uh, so, uh, you just do the best you can do and, and go from there. And, and uh, you know, you don't live in the past. Uh, you know, you, you create your own future anyway. So uh, that's what you look forward to. Wade, from your experience with the Cowboys, is it different being associated coaching that team as compared to any every other team in the NFL? Yeah, I think overall, I mean, um, just just the you're under a microscope it's it's kind of like being in new york though i mean it's you know you have so much media attention i think that's uh that's similar up there in, in some some places and then other places like pittsburgh who won forever um you know you know there's a lot of pressure on them although they've never changed coaches so um you know it's different in each city you know, Wade, I work for Sports Illustrated as my day job. And, um, you know, we ran an excerpt of your book on, on the website, which was your experience interviewing for the Washington job for a coordinator under Jay Gruden. Can you explain why that interview was different than any other one you've been to? Well, I did put in there that you know, I had uh, interviewed twice with Marty, Marty Schottenheimer. He'd been, you know, at least two, two to three hours. Uh, this one was a little different. Most of my interviews are not interviews. It's um, uh, people have known, known, played against me, or known what I've done. So most of the time, they just say, "Hey, if I get the job, you know, will you come with me?" Or you know that kind of thing. So sure. that that was really only unusual part of it was that um, you know that I did have to go on the board and. and you know, try to try to show what I, I knew about football, and uh, and I just the other part of it, I really didn't get to say all the things I wanted to say. But I think part of that was I wanted to be, I wanted the job really bad because my son's there, and it was something that you know, and, and probably messed it up because of that, because I wanted it too bad. Well, of course you knew because playing for your dad. But what I took away from that was that Jay Gruden had you breaking down film. <laughs> of your Texans team playing his well, Bengals team and yeah, winning, and he was yeah, showing all, plays where he yeah. beat you. I thought that was odd. Yeah, well, all interviews are different. You know, like I said, like I said, with Marty Schottenheimer, we were on the board and uh, didn't do as much film, but we were on the board and talked about every technique you could talk about for three three hours or four hours. One time I got the job, and the other time I didn't. So. <laughs> You know, Wade, Maggie, and I were talking about during the break. Um, you know, one of the the great stories about about your dad was about Earl Campbell um, and how uh, you know uh, you know he couldn't run the mile. And uh, and so, tell us tell us that story and your dad's reaction. Yeah, you know the the uh, strength and condition guys decided one year to, that they were going to see if the players were in shape that they would have them run the mile. Normally. You know, they run 40-yard dashes, 10 of them or 12 of them or 15 or whatever to see what kind of shape they're in. Well, 
they decided that year that, that they were going to have players run the mile. And Earl Campbell, you know, was a 245-pound running back that wasn't a miler. And uh, <laughs> so he made about half half the way around, and he, you know, he started cramping up and pulled up. And then, of course, the media, just like they are now or any time, they all ran up to my dad and said, Bum, Bum, what are you going to do? Earl, Earl didn't make the mile. And he said, well, hell, if it's third and a mile, we won't give it to him. <laughs> <laughs> such a great story. That's such and a then, great and the, rest of the rest of it was, he said, but we'll give it to him the rest of the time. Yeah, yeah. right. We'll give, it to him. we'll give it to him every other time, right? That's, That's hilarious. Such a great story. You know, yeah. I guess, Wade, yeah. do you feel like, you know, players like Earl Campbell, we don't really talk about them as much uh, anymore. Is there other players that you feel like you coach that we just are not giving the recognition to that we should? Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, uh, there, I mean, Earl's in the Hall of Fame, so I mean, he he certainly is recognized. Uh, um, like I said, Reggie White was recognized, and the 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 thing about Reggie was different that he was he was he he was did the rookie show every year. I mean, he could he could imitate anybody. Uh, he would imitate the coaches, Buddy Ryan, myself. I don't know how he could imitate me, but um, but anyway. <laughs> Uh, he he could uh, Muhammad Ali. He did he he did the rookie show every year for us, and was really a fun guy to be around. So you know it's uh, um, a lot of stories. I guess I still have, but uh, maybe I'll write another book. There you <laughs> I go. I think you have enough material for another book. You know, reading in here about J.J. Watt. Is it true that the draft room at the Houston Texans was fifty fifty on Watt? Yeah, I mean you know, and and rightfully so. I mean you know. Uh, the draft, we know, uh, you know, about 50% of the guys in the first round, uh, you know, do real well, and about 50% don't. So uh, it was, it was uh, similar that way at that time. But, you know, a lot of them hadn't seen him as much as as, uh, as some of us had, had studied him. I can understand uh, that. You know, wait, I, I want to ask you a, a quickly here a question um, that's come up here. we got about a minute here, but – Okay. Uh, yeah, Colin Kaepernick, right, is, is looking for work. You know, you've he's been in the league. You've coached. Uh, you know, you've seen him play. You know, are are you surprised that Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job yet? Uh, somewhat. I mean, you know, I, I know he he hadn't done as well the last couple of years, but uh, but you know, everybody's looking for a quarterback. You know, that's that's the only thing. Everybody's looking. Uh, everybody I know of that doesn't have one is trying to find one. So. Uh, I would be surprised if he didn't sign somewhere. Looking at him defensively, did it become easier to cover him in some ways? I mean, did he become predictable after that Super Bowl season? Oh, I don't know. I, I just think, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not predictable, but, but uh, you know, you had to keep him from running the football and make him, make him be a pocket quarterback, and that's that's what everybody tried to do. But, uh, but he still did some good things. Like I said, I'd be surprised if he didn't sign somewhere. Wade Phillips, uh, son of bum, lessons my dad taught me about football and life. It's a, a great book about family as well. Hey, Wade, a fantastic job. I mean, you're a wonderful NFL coach, and good luck with the Rams this year, and, and the book is really enjoyable. We appreciate a couple minutes this morning. Yeah, thank you for doing this. I appreciate it.